we're back with another edition of Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller, and joining me is Catherine Collinson, president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute. Well, I didn't think I needed an extended car warranty, but after being slammed relentlessly with cold calls and robocalls night and day, I began to wonder if these companies had some high-level intel or this was a, simply a vendetta to distract me from my day-to-day life. But believe me, if you haven't received these types of calls, uh, count yourself very lucky. And as a matter of fact, there's actually a company by the name of RoboKiller that tracks such calls and estimates that there will be, get this, 13 billion, that's billion with a B, car warranty robocalls by the end of 2021. On top of that, they also estimate that financial losses due to robocall scams will be 40% higher in 2021 compared with 2020. Well, Catherine, I must say these figures are absolutely staggering. I mean, where did we even begin to help listeners safeguard themselves? Al, it is just awful. And as you pointed out, it they are just so annoying. And you know, what makes it even harder is people are already having to deal with so much during the pandemic and scams are on the rise. <laughs> we need a break. And it's, it's just really despicable. Scammers are taking advantage of uncertainties and people's vulnerabilities. And we opened with this whole car warranty thing. Those calls are so pesky. I think I get dozens of them weekly. Um, and they are the most common type of call. And, and we know how they begin. We're calling you because your car's warranty is about to expire or has already expired. And the reality is these are robocalls. Some of the people that get them don't even own cars. Other people have cars and maybe they're driving their cars longer or buying used cars that may actually be concerned about service fees, especially in this economy. Uh, But the reality is these are scammers and they're out to get your money. They're not out to help you with your car. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because on the flip side, I can tell you that, you know, back around the recession of 2008, you know, a lot of people I knew, you know, instead of buying brand new cars, they were buying previously owned, aka used cars, uh, as I mentioned, versus the new ones. And to protect themselves, uh, you know, and their considerable investments, in some cases, what, 25 to 35,000 or more. They purchased extended warranties, you know, up front at the dealership or, you know, a reputable private firm and, you know, with very few exceptions, found it to to be a pretty sound investment. But to your point, there are a lot of rogue outfits out there, especially the ones that unleash those, you know, incessant robocalls. So, uh, you know, as a caveat emptor, you know, translated buyer beware, you know, whenever you opt to make a purchase of any kind. Now, unfortunately, with the pandemic, the scamming industry really steps up their game. They're creative, relentless, and and succeed in adding more collateral damage to our lives. So in addition to the aforementioned, there are some other truly despicable scammers. And I'm talking about a group of bottom feeders that poses everything from public health officials, COVID-19 contract tracers, as well as Social Security Administration to the IRS. So Catherine, what are some tips and warning signs we should be on the lookout for? As a reminder, because I have a feeling our listeners are familiar with these warning signs, but as a reminder, I'll I'll go through uh, these five. First of all, if you get a call, you don't know the company making the offer. 
for example, those robocalls and call car warranties. Um, if it's not the dealer or manufacturer, somebody you know that you know or doing business with, if you don't know them, beware. The second tip, if the item being sold is vague, like extended warranty or extended service contract. And then, of course, a, a big warning sign is if your warranty expired years and years ago, or if you don't own a car, of course. Another big scam are prizes or limited time offers. Press one to claim your $500 prize or discount. And it's available only today. Of course, scam. Number four, if the caller is pressuring you to act immediately, not giving you time to research their organization or company, or if they're threatening you to ruin your credit, or maybe indicate there's a warrant out for your arrest. As you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, there are scammers posing as government organizations. You get a call from the IRS, that's scary, but the IRS will never threaten you over the phone or demand your banking information. And then the last of the five warning signs that I'll share is, and this one's also really interesting, is if they want to be paid in a very specific way. A big red flag is when they request payment by gift cards. Gift cards have become a favorite for scanners because they're easy for people to purchase, but they are super hard to trace. Catherine, thanks for those, uh, you know, particularly savvy, uh, you know, reference points to bear in mind. And, you know, really on another front, as more Americans are you know, doing their gift buying online, which according uh, to a Gallup poll, a majority of Americans, 56%, uh, they say, are likely to do, scammers are already sharpening their knives with new tactics targeting those online shoppers as well. Now, I know that many scams ask for money up front in order to claim a prize or establish a connection between the victim's bank account and that of the scammer, which results in prizes or promises never materializing. So in this case, what precautions should people really be taking? Okay, well, let's talk about, let's go back to to the robocalls and the phone scams uh, for a minute. And I think this is really important. And I think we hopefully all know this by now. If you're getting a call from a number that you don't know, or it looks like it might be a spoof coming from your area code or maybe your, your exchange that looks like a neighbor but probably isn't, or if there's no caller ID, don't answer the phone. Don't feel obligated to answer the phone if you don't know who's calling. If the caller wants or really needs to reach you, they're going to leave a message. And then you can determine if it's a legit call and call them back, or if not, not call them back. Now, sometimes, and this happens to all of us, it's happened to me, sometimes you might unwittingly answer the phone thinking you, it's somebody that you know. When this happens, it's really important to avoid engaging in any sort of conversation. Just hang up. Don't feel rude. Just hang up. No guilt. I don't want to scare anyone, but the reality is they could be recording your voice for other nefarious purposes. So being polite could be problematic. Remember, they're scammers. You know, in terms of, you know, hanging up on some of these people, I, I think Miss Manners would uh, probably give us a pass uh, on hanging up, you know, on these uh, relentless scammers, don't you? Um, absolutely. And I, I, ha I had recently had a talk with my dad about it. And, he, and he's like, they're not honest brokers. They're scammers. They don't, <laughs> don't deserve uh, your respect. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really important. Um, if they're out to scam you, they don't 
deserve your best <laughs> your best manners. And the if you do engage, they can start fishing for information about you or even just your voice. So what happens if you do end up speaking some, with somebody who might be a scammer? Well, the most important thing to remember is never provide unknown callers with your personal information. And that includes your name, which they may very well not know because of robocallers. They just dial numbers. So don't even share your name. Definitely not your email address or physical address. No credit card numbers and definitely not banking information or social security number. Now, while I'm afraid to ask, uh, what are some other uh, scams that people should be on the lookout for? Oh, this one is really despicable, and it's it's just so disheartening. And that is around the holidays and year end, people like to give to charity. People increase contributions to their favorite charities, which is an, a wonderful way to help others and help celebrate the holiday season. Sadly, however, criminals have found ways to set up fake charities that may seem legitimate to unsuspecting donors. These fake charities present themselves as helping others, but the money never, ever makes its way to the charitable cause. It goes straight to the criminals. And during the holidays, scammers increase solicitations for these fake charities, not just by phone, but by text, email, and on websites. Uh, so be really, you know, give give to organizations that you know and love. And if one approaches you and it sounds like a scam, beware. If you're still interested, do some homework, do some uh, web searches and learn more about the organization to d- confirm whether or not it's legit. Right. And, you know, in the case of um, charitable donation requests, you know, the idea that you mentioned of knowing the company, making sure, you know, that the request is really on the up and up, I think is an important one. You know, I I use a website called guidestar.org to research and vet nonprofits that I want to learn and know more about. And look, I, I realize, you know, not everyone likes to do research like we do, but I can't help thinking about older adults, you know, like my father-in-law and, and you know, the rise of elder fraud. I mean, he was a, a very intelligent guy, but also a, a pretty soft touch who we, you know, later discovered, gave to a number of charities that in retrospect were really on the dubious side. Wow. I am so sorry to hear that. Um and, and elder fraud is a huge area of concern right now. In many ways, elder fraud has become every, everybody fraud because uh, it not only impacts older individuals, but their family and loved ones as well. And elder fraud is of particular concern because older adults, especially those who live alone, uh, are often easy targets by scammers, um, especially now during the pandemic. It's important to know scammers are constantly mining data to find older individuals who are their potential targets. And this is despicable and disgusting. They find them simply because they're older. They may be less aware of scams and they may either be more, more trusting and some may even be starting to have cognitive issues. One big area of concern, especially among older individuals, uh, which the increased isolation and loneliness amid the pandemic has only worsened, is it can make individuals more vulnerable to what is known as romance scams. And in these 
horrific, awful scenarios. The scammer preys on people who are lonely. They create a fake profile on a dating website or social media app, strike up a relationship with the target, and then once they've gained their attention and affection, ask for money. According to the Federal Trade Commission, losses from these scams reached a record $304 million in 2020, and that's up 50% from 2019. Individuals age 70 and older lost more money than younger victims in these scams. Uh, As a point of comparison, the median loss of age 70-plus victims was almost $9,500 compared with just $2,500 across all age groups. It's also important to remember older adults can also be victims of in-person romance scams, meeting the scammer at places like church, community centers, or in social groups. It is so important that we are careful with our hearts. You know, even meeting people, you have to ask around, a friend of a friend, of reference, um, that we just, especially older individuals, have to be super careful and and not take people at face value. God. You know, Catherine, I live in the real world and I've lived in the real world for a long time. And and look, I understand there's evil, there are bad people that exist. But, you know, if I live to be 100, you know, I still can't fathom how depraved some people can be and how low they will go to turn a buck, especially when it comes to targeting the elderly. So then how can we help our older friends and relatives by preventing this from happening to them? I mean, Look, prevention obviously is key since many of these victims, especially those with um, any cognitive decline, can become very attached or, as you noted, uh, seduced by their new special someone and come to rely and enjoy the attention that they're receiving. The first step is just raising awareness, knowing what's out there and knowing what the risks and vulnerabilities are. And this is an area where families and friends can really help out. By having these conversations, especially among their older relatives, and advise them to be on the lookout. Uh, it's also important, to, you know, in having those conversations, not only to be aware, but if something strange is happening, to talk about it rather than be quiet out of, for example, a sense of embarrassment or shame. And I want to highlight one area of vulnerability that a lot of people engage in, and they don't even know the the possible trouble that they could be inviting. Many people of all ages, including older individuals, reveal a lot about themselves on social media. It is uh, vitally important to lock down social media security settings and only allow access to people you know and do not accept friend invitations from anyone you don't know. Avoid posting too much personal information because it can give scammers valuable data they need to befriend you, infiltrate your life, and steal your identity and money, and in the case of romance scams, your heart. Now, Al, I'd love to share with you a shocking story. I still can't I'm get ready. over it. <laughs> personal experience. Years ago, I attended a college alumni weekend, and there was this charismatic and charming gentleman chatting up uh, a number of the older women who were, who were there celebrating their class reunion. He presented himself as a long-lost classmate. 
He knew them by name. He knew the names of their husbands and families. He knew who was married. And he even talked about specific memories of the old days. But he was not a classmate. He was an imposter on the prowl. He had done his homework very, very well by memorizing the contents of their social media accounts. However, he missed one major detail. We went to a women's college. Busted. (laughs) Now, this story had a happy ending when the perpetrator was escorted off the premises by campus security, but not all stories in this way. In addition to helping our older loved ones protect their identities and themselves from scammers, uh, family members can also implement other safeguards. And it may feel intrusive, but it could prove very helpful in the long run. And it's things like setting up fraud alerts on credit card accounts and or even just spending alerts, uh, as well as setting maximum daily withdrawals from uh, an elderly relative's bank account before any such fraud is attempted. Well, that sounds like a, a very prudent measure that uh, would you know, probably require some very tactful diplomacy, uh, not unlike uh, taking the car keys, right? And I'm thinking about all this, that old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is uh, maybe a very uh, appropriate coda to this topic. And, you know, just to kind of go back to, you know, uh, the social media accounts and, you know, there are folks that are out there. And I, I know one couple that, uh, you know, was uh, fortunate enough to do a lot of traveling to some pretty exotic parts in the world. What they really didn't take into account, though, was, you know, they're sending all these pictures live. And uh, there were some people that were following that. And they came back uh, to find their house ransacked. True story. And uh, so, you know, you want to really be careful how much you share with uh, the general public. And, uh, you know, really, in the end, it's pretty clear to me that we all need to be hypervigilant, particularly as more and more commerce, including financial services, dating, and even community gatherings are online. So, uh, Catherine, uh, anything else you'd care to add before we call it a day? Well, I, you know, I'd like to uh, just share some additional resources for our listeners where they can learn more. Um, and I'll share a couple of my favorite websites uh, that talk about scams. One is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website at consumerfinance.gov, uh, as well as the Federal Trade Commission's website at consumer.ftc.gov. Both of them keep their websites up to date, reporting on the latest scams, who they are, how they work. It's disturbing, but it is very, those sites are very helpful and insightful. Also, AARP has terrific resources on its website at aarp.org for scams uh, for everyone, but also with a focus on age 50 plus individuals. Well, as always, Catherine, thanks so much for helping me and our listeners become more financially aware, adept, and savvy. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about retirement security and the intersections of health and financial well-being. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's Podcast Central and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org. Just in case you missed it, please make sure you check our recent episode on how to get health insurance through the marketplace for 2022, especially since enrollment season only runs from November 1st, 2021 
to January 15th, 2022. Till the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Please stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Thank you.